lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again, and we have a very, very special episode that we do every year on this show for you today. It is the QWI 200 episode. As this is releasing, you will have seen the top 20. You will have seen who ranked number one on the list for 2023. And I am very pleased to be joined by three amazing guests to talk all about this list and everything that has gone into it and get their thoughts on it as well. Uh, first off, we have from the BBC LGBT, LGBT Sport Podcast, Jack Burley returning to the show. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm very well. It's an honor to be back on this episode of all episodes. So thank you for having me. No, I'm glad to have you as well. Joining uh, Jack and myself, we have, of course, the manager of champions, the two-time QWI personality of the year winner and multi-time QWI award winner, as well as a columnist with the PWI and the NWA's own Coyo Del Mar. I am so excited to be back. And uh, we are basically on the cusp of determining who are this year's QWI award winners, but we will focus now on the top 200 LGBTQ plus professional wrestlers in the entire world. Thank you yes. for having me. Oh, thank you again. Always lovely to have you. And of course, rounding out our, our collection here, we have the one of the co-founders of Pro Wrestling Vibe, columnist at PWI, and just, you know, one of my favorite wrestling to be around at all times. Lo McGrath, how are you doing today, Lo? You know, that's so nice of you to say now that we're recording, because before you were like, I asked everybody, you're the last person I could possibly think of. I don't even want you on the show, <laughs> but you you needed three people. You needed three. So you're just how like, all right, you? come on, fine, fine. <laughs> but I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear, and I appreciate the call out. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I'm very excited to have all three of you here on this show um, as we celebrate LGBTQ pro wrestling as a whole. We celebrate the top 200 pro wrestlers of the year, starting off like, let's just get it out of the way like we do every time we do the show. Number one for the 2023 QWI 200, Max the Impaler. Congratulations to Max. So it's just an amazing list of accomplishments them this year both in in the united states and in japan and in the uk with title defenses over there and in finland too i can't oh i can't forget fcf but um but yeah just an amazing batch of like historic moments that max put together alongside just amazing work uh too like i'm curious i'll go to Poyo first just for obvious reasons considering we're talking about an nwa champion here but i, I want to get y'all's thoughts on on the number one pick here Brian, when I saw Max listed at number one, I was so incredibly excited you know, for a multitude of reasons. First and foremost, uh, because of the fact that Max is the only non-binary identifying professional wrestler working with any of the major companies to hold a title at the moment. So that alone is historic. And in the 75-year history of the National Wrestling Alliance, Max is the first recognized non-binary talent to hold one of the titles there. So such an incredible feat of history in that aspect. But more importantly, Max happens to be 
like oh they're gonna kill me for this because it's breaking their whole like you know persona max is one of my favorite individuals to spend time with and i quite honestly consider us like tour besties when we're on tour together with nwa we are you know that's that's my bestie so super excited for their success i i adore them and this is so well deserved Lo, i'm curious to get your thoughts yeah, so, you know, all of the obvious uh, making history stuff aside, because, of course, duh, uh, the non-binary and trans mask visibility is awesome. Uh, like, no notes, no notes for Max, no notes. Uh, what they've achieved over the past couple of years is, is obviously worth noting and is incredible. Uh, but from a performing aspect, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things about max as a figure is that they are so unafraid to be ugly i love that they take all of these very you know we're so pristine we even like when we're disheveled it's so perfectly planned out in our inner circle of gay world right but max's ability to just be like yeah no I, i'm going to be difficult and unenjoyable to look at and i'm going to rub your nose in it um just as aesthetically the way that they the way that they perform and and wrestle and don't obviously give any kinds of shits about making friends uh i love it it's great again no notes number one max is number one jack i'll go to you next i think for me one of the things i, I think about a lot in in wrestling and in sport is the visibility of people before they even get into the industry what they could see that could inspire someone like them to think they had a path to pursue. Max didn't have someone they could look at and say, if I do everything right, I know I'm going to make it because person X has done it. They have had to make it themselves in an industry that historically has been so unwelcoming to, to people like them. And not only have they said, right, I'm just going to smash my own path. They've done it in multiple countries, multiple promotions, and, and they've done it at the very highest level. It's not tokenism that they have achieved what they've achieved. It's because they're too good to deny those opportunities, those spotlights, that visibility. And I think when you combine all those things together, how can you not make them number one? I mean, there's such a good argument for so many people on this, this list, but how can they not be at the top of the tree with everything they've accomplished? No, I... I... I agree with you, all of y'all, on, on multiple points there. I think a big thing for me with, with Max, um, outside of, you know, doing this in, in multiple countries, really is just how not only are they making that history in multiple countries, but they are, like, breaking this, like, binary nature that pro wrestling has held on to for 100 years at this point now, where, like, you have Max is obviously big star with Tokyo Joshi Pro in Japan right now. But they're still making appearances with DDT whenever they head over there, too. You know, they're wrestling men whenever they're over there. They're rest wrestling women at the same time. And over here stateside with the NWA, like they were in the Crockett Cup tournament this year. They've, they, they were, last year, they were in the World Television Championship uh, tournament, or they had a shot at. I can't remember. My brain is fried for writing 26,000 words. Um, but, like, but they've been systematically working to like push that, that 
notion that has existed historically in pro wrestling. And that is a beautiful thing to see as a non-binary person myself. Like it's, it's just a, a wonderful thing to see that structure continue to have holes punched in it by Max and, and other people like them. I just want to throw in that one of the things that Jack said is so utterly true, you know, as recently as the day that we're, we're recording this, Max posted on their personal social media that doesn't go out to the world, but to, to people who are in the know uh, about Max's private life a little bit, that they fought their own trainers. They fought every step of the way because people not only um, did not come before them to, to show that this could work, people along the way said, what you want to do your vision for who you are will not work, which is a lot different than somebody like saying, mm, I'm not sure about this. Telling people what you want to do is not possible. What you want to do will fail. And still having the courage and conviction and, and understanding of self to say, well, I would rather fail being who I am and what I doing what I want to do than succeed doing what you want me to do because early in their career you know with working with ovw and other places they wanted to position max as still um you know the exact opposite of what lo said they they wanted them to still be pretty and they wanted them to still um, perform and act in a certain way that just didn't feel authentic and so max breaking the barriers for themselves that were placed in front of them will undoubtedly break barriers for other people and carve a path that people can follow in the future. I also have to say that I love that their idols are people like Stan Hansen and, and Bruiser Brody. Those are not, um, you know, typical people who are idolized necessarily or even recognized in this generation. And for the next generation, I think that Max the Impaler will be the standard that people aspire to unaware that they're actually aspiring to be more like Bruiser Brody or Stan Hansen. No, I mean, those are very apt comparisons and they make total sense when you watch Max in the ring and for, for what they do to, to draw those parallels. It's, it's beautiful. I think one more thing that, that really struck me as, as powerful with, with this choice um, was just the fact that, we have a trans masculine wrestler ranked at the top here. Whenever like we can count the number of trans masculine wrestlers that are out and regularly participating in pro wrestling on like at best two hands, usually only one. Like it is a community that within this explosion of pro wrestling, um, embracing LGBTQ identities and more and more people popping up more and more people coming out every year giving me more and more people to evaluate every year um we are still not seeing a, a ton of growth in that area just yet but because of people like max people like eros over in spain you know like people like casey johns in australia like we are starting to see more people notice this and more people that are wanting that identify as transmasculine that want to get into pro wrestling, see a pathway going forward. See, I, I love how beautiful and, and thoughtful your words are because I'm sitting over here like, 
Well, if me and the rest of the T-Boys weren't so fucking boring, okay? I'm like, come on. <laughs> Do something. Have some fun, for the love of God. There's already too many people named Aiden in pro wrestling, so he didn't see an N. Yeah, yeah, I see those laughs. I see those giggles. There's there's so many Cadens and Bradens already. All the T-Boys were just like, oh, better move on to MMA. <laughs> and to to that end real quick I, I just have to shout out Aiden Von Eaglin <laughs> who hopefully will be coming back to wrestling Listen, next year <laughs> it's yeah and it's 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 the it's it's the uh, I would say the all-american t-boy name if if that was all-american but you know <laughs> true um <laughs> no it, it's it's a <laughs> it's a valid point low <laughs> very uh yeah, I you heard it here. Even even more pro even more problematic than last year. That's I just go right. on and I talk about how freaking boring transmasculine people are, but it's okay. <laughs> we got Max. We, we we got number one. We got number one. We broke that glass ceiling. The T boys don't need anything else. I'm hey. finished. I'm going back on mute. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the T boys. Um, well, let, let's expand the look a little bit to the top ten here, um, because like 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 you mentioned, Jack, like. This was probably every year feels like a hard year to determine who is going to rank number one um, and also just to make out the top 10. But this year was especially hard because there were like five people, possibly more, that really stood out to me as they could hit this spot. And they're all in the top five. So running down the list, Maxine Paler, one, Alex Kane, number two. Uh, we have Effie at three, Dark Sheik at four. Anthony Bowens at five, Speedball Mike Bailey six, Alley Catch number seven, Benny eight, uh, Trisha Dora nine, and Tony Storm rounding out the top ten at number ten. Um, Jack, I'll go to you first. Like, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on on the top ten or anything that stands out to you from from that group. Yeah, I mean, in a way, what stands out is what you forget until you go through this list. And one of the things I'd forgotten was how empowering it was to see that Anthony Bowen's I'm gay chant that happened in AEW. And I don't think we can underestimate what a brave moment that was. I think everyone's so used to seeing Anthony Bowen's be their authentic self, be it on the independent scene and then in TNA and for the past three or so years, maybe a bit longer in AEW and to do it as an out gay wrestler. And it was one of those times where sometimes circumstances work in an odd way and i'd seen on social media a clip from monday night raw in 2002 where they were doing a whole frankly homophobic angle with rico and maven and it was that was 20 odd years ago and then you see anthony bowens and an arena chanting he's gay and it just felt so empowering because it was it made me think god i wish i'd seen that when i was 20 years younger that so that to me was a standout moment and I want to throw in Effie, who, who just continues to energize this scene. And I can tell you, because I guess one of the reasons I'm here is to give a perspective from across the pond. I can't tell you the excitement when his big gay brunch came to the UK. It coincided with Eurovision. The buzz that this was going to be happening in Liverpool. The amount of LGBTQ plus talent, many of whom are on this list, who wanted to be on that show to make their mark. That was an extraordinary thing. So I, I think those two, and you could throw a dart and pick a standout moment from any of this top 10, frankly, any of this two, 200, but those two were things I'd like to flag up. 
Poyo, I'll go to you next if if you have any thoughts. Yeah, uh, of course I have thoughts. You know, first of all, I think that Alex Kane at number two is such a great choice. Uh, one of the things that stands out to me is that Alex and Max were not in contention for a number one position last year on this ranking, particularly. And both of them have leapfrogged over the perennial favorite of Effie, you know, to, to be in this position. And, and Alex is somebody who I do think is important because the traditional wrestling fan who watches what he does on MLW would not necessarily know his sexual orientation, but he certainly does not shy away from acknowledging it on a personal level, which again is very important because just because somebody um, identifies as part of our community, if they're not doing anything to advocate for the community, if they're not choosing to be representative of the community, if they don't want to speak openly about that, then that's something entirely different. To me, that would get the person removed entirely from the list, you know, in my mind. And it, again, it's a situation very much like the he's gay chant you know, Anthony Bowens has never shied away from it, but it's something that has never been particularly addressed at great length on AEW programming. So this was a moment where everybody in that entire arena acknowledged who he was. And it was comparatively speaking to some other moments where I've seen people in uh, like almost out of context, just declare their sexuality on on programming. This was such a feel good moment, and it felt right, and it just affirmed the character, um, as well as as Anthony's identity. So that was again, it was a number another moment. One of the people I will say that I thought might have ranked higher on this list is number ten, Tony Storm, because Tony has had an absolute bang up year and her reinvention as timeless tony storm uh is so captivating so tongue-in-cheek so i don't know i don't know a better way to say it but like so queer leaning come on like is there anything more like gay baiting and gay enthusiastic than the silent screen star and all of her you know affectations i'm obsessed so the gays love the golden age of Hollywood. Oh my god. And <laughs> and she's like, you know, she's got the butler and she's beating people with her like fluffy feathery shoe. I'm obsessed. Like she needs a wire hanger and two adopted children and she's sad. So this is something that I thought might have moved her a little higher up the list. I can understand that. I can understand that totally. Um low your thoughts? Um I love all the creative ways in which you basically just said, like, she's doing it for the F slurs, okay? But I can't say that, so. <laughs> but you're you're so right. You are so, so, so right. Uh, no, someone I'm, I'm of course, because I will always bring her up, excited to see is my girl, Trisha Dora. Uh, I'm remembering when we did this exact show last year, I was saying at one point, like, God, I wish she would just take the microphone more, you know, like, I wish we got a little bit more personality out of Trish. Um, and, and this year was certainly the year where, where she just started to explode. And I, I can't even say explode. It's not like she like rolled out into one scene, particularly 
aggressively. She's just doing all these other things everywhere. Like I saw like she's fully modeling now while she's modeling she's also just taking these gallivanting trips to japan to just casually wrestle over in japan she's got everything going on with ring of honor she's making all these other appearances on all of these stages that you know i i remember trish as someone where it was like oh yeah she's she wants to be in dc she loves being in dc she likes being the face of of fight club and it's not like that's ever all she was going to do but um you know i wanted to see more hunger out of her and and we definitely saw that this year and then yeah no i think uh i think everybody else definitely covered it for this top 10 it really is a a who's who not just of of wrestlers who did had, had very very good years this year but um folks who are, are are pretty well embedded in this in this scene by now and would be very, very hard to take out of the top 10 next year. So good numbers, good numbers. Good job, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I know one that, that really continues to stand out to me year over year, um, or two rather, I'll, I'll talk about two. One is Speedball Mike Bailey, you know, somebody who is not necessarily the most like vocal about the community for sure. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily from a, a lack of desire to talk about it. Uh, you know, in my, I interviewed him for the podcast earlier this year. And like he mentioned about like, you know, the community already has so many great people kind of speaking for it that he doesn't really know if that's something that he should be doing, but continually makes the list for like still being out there and, and with himself um, and continuing to just not only have amazing matches, but break barriers while having those matches, you know, like his performance in the best of the super junior tournament this year was amazing. Be the first gender diverse person to ever compete in that tournament. Um, first gender diverse person to challenge for a new Japan championship uh, or the new Japan junior heavyweight championship. Um, and just the litany of matches that are going to be con considered for a match of the year, not just in terms of the queer community, but the greater pro wrestling community. I mean, the dude regularly wrestles over 150 matches a year. I don't know how he does this. I have no idea how he physically holds up to the things that he puts his body through. But it's amazing to see. Um, and then I'll also highlight Ali, because Ali Catch, um, you know, oftentimes, like, Ali Catch will kind of make these sort of, these sort of lists and these sort of rankings um, off of, like, the bussy tag team right but Allie did so much more like on her own this year too like it's, it's not just about her performances with Bussy or Thrussy or Forussy or Thrunt or whatever other variant of the group you want to have out there um, on shows like she went to Wrestle Revolver like Wrestling Revolver and like did great stuff on her own there you know she's gone all over the independent scene um, in the U.S. and then great stuff solo over in the U.K. At, at TNT in the DOA tournament, like that deathmatch tournament was a big thing for her over there. Um, like she's she's been doing a lot on her own as, as well as you know teaming up with Effie. And I think that you know sometimes that recognition doesn't happen for her, and it's 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 a crime that it doesn't because she is just outstanding and continues to grow year over year. Also, she was in one of my personal favorite matches of the year, the rain on me match at Romatica, uh, which Lowe has good knowledge of. I'm sure 
And like that match was just beautiful and queer as fuck. It uh, I mean, God, she she came out for that entrance, literally singing. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was great. I liked. I did not know she could do that. I remember everyone looking around, like, is is she fucking singing? He's like, yes, she is singing. That is <laughs> happening. No, oh, it was a beautiful moment, and Allie deserves all the all the celebration. The whole top ten deserves the celebration, obviously. Um, all right. So at this point, we talked about well, number can one. I one. Can I say oh, yeah. one thing? Because you you mentioned, you know, I as much as I respect uh, Mike Bailey's like sort of deference to other people, I, I would say that the talent there the performances, the matches, the, all of these things are so incredible. I, I would say that for Mike to ever really be able to challenge though, for that number one spot, which so many people would probably argue that he could easily merit based on talent alone. It would require in my mind, him to be more outspoken in claiming his place rather than, I, I think so many people see him perhaps as, like an extremely strong ally because of his marriage, because of the things that, you know, he's surrounded by, but for him to be placed in that role, he would almost have to claim and explain to some people who are questioning where his place is within our community. If that makes sense. No, it, it does. And, and, and this is where I'll like, I'll, pull back the curtain a bit like in because the qwy like it's based off of the it's inspired by the pwy in a way in terms of like their rating scale of like titles and big matches and performance and all that stuff but a big thing that i factor into it too is cultural impact you know cultural impact for the lgbtq community and like that is that is not just like a small chunk of of what goes into a ranking on this list either like it plays a, a pretty solid part and you know, I think that is that is one of the things that has factored into like, you know, speedball not that top spot. And whenever I talk to people like bring that up and it's just like, well, it's not that I don't it's that it's not from a lack of appreciation, right? It's not from from a lack of acknowledging talent. It's just there's this other metric that factors into this that, you know, is going to determine things a little bit differently than what PWI might do, you know. And that's not to say that that should pressure anyone to do something that they're not comfortable with doing. You know, like, I don't, like, obviously, like, no one should be forced to be more open about stuff than they feel comfortable doing. That's not something that this list has ever been about. You know, it's the reason why we don't include anyone who is not publicly out on this list either. You know, so it's just one of those things where I don't want it to make, feel pressured to do more in that avenue i want that to be something a genuine thing from from them they want to do um, as opposed to just trying to get a higher ranking on one list that comes right well you have to claim your spot to claim yeah. your spot exactly exactly all right y'all thank you so much for tuning in to lgbt in the ring we're just gonna take a quick break here to let you know uh ways that you can support the show. 
and say thank you to some very rad people that help make this show uh, as amazing as it is. Um, first off, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon now, patreon.com slash LGBTRingPod. Multiple tiers there for everyone that feels so moved to support this show. We've got numerous uh, patron benefits over there, uh, including bonus shows that are going to be coming out on a monthly uh, roundtable of those sort of things. So uh, definitely go over and check us out. Uh, again, patreon.com slash LGBTRingPod. Every single dollar that is uh, pledged there to support the show is very, very humbling, and we thank you. We also have a, a merch store over on Brainbuster Tees. Go to brainbustertees.com and search LGBT in the ring. Uh, you get t-shirts, tank tops, all kinds of good stuff. And, you know, always looking at some new things as well. But uh, definitely check us out on Brainbuster Tees there as well. You can follow the show on social media as well. We're everywhere um, that we have accounts. We're at LGBT RingPod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, co-host, <laughs> Mastodon, whatever, we're there. Uh, so follow the show there. You can follow me at WonderboyOTM on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. We also want to give a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme, uh, Formula 666, from the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Another great way to support the show uh, is over at independentwrestling.tv. Check out IWTV for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. You can use our code LGBTRingPod or visit uh, the URL, tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. And uh, whenever you, uh, as long as you use that code to open your account and keep that active, we get a kickback from IWTV. So your subscription to watch all the great wrestling that we talk about on this show uh, goes to support the show as well. Thumbs up there. Of course, if you want to read more of my pro wrestling writing, you can check out outsports.com. And if you are into video games, I also co-host a video game news uh, Twitch stream every Monday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Um, I co-host that with uh, two dear friends and Twitch streamers, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin. Um, just run through the, the week's gaming news or we throw on a game and play and just have fun and be dumb. It's it's great. But uh, you can check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. With that said, let's get back to the show. Well, at this point, I'll just open it up like to the entire list. I'm curious to see who stood out to everyone. Who kind of caught your eye on on this thing? Let's go to let's let's go to to Poyo first then for for this one. <laughs> of course, I you know looking outside of the top ten, the, the the top twenty individuals are always solid contenders. Like that second ten is like a strong indication of who could be making that big move next year. And one of the individuals who's ranked number 20, uh, Jordan Blade, is somebody who just today, I believe, 
while we're recording this, announced an upcoming uh, travel schedule in the UK, which is wonderful because I think that global impact, that global attention and audience that Jordan can capture is something that could move them much more firmly in the rankings closer to that top 10. And Jordan is somebody whose talent has always absolutely impressed me. I love them as a person. And again, another transmasculine individual who's prepared to make that big move in 2024. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I think if I've got, if I've got my maths right, it's just counted. But I think I've counted up 20 UK talents on this list, which is an amazing showing. Um, Shaymane, you have to give a mention to highest ranking Brit talent, first out LGBTQ plus male world champion in British history. Main evented Big Gay Brunch. We spoke on it on the UK edition in the Eurovision weekend. TNT world champion. And as if all that wasn't enough, thought I'm going to put on that Iron Girder show in Scotland. Um, so Shaymane has had one heck of a year. I want to talk about Jason Joshua, who who number 72 on this list. Big Daddy Unicorn is someone who has not only come to terms with his own gender identity and his own sexual orientation, but we had him on on my show not long ago. And I didn't know this, but he suffered from incredibly bad agoraphobia, would not go outside of the house, just would, would stay in his bedroom. And every show he's had to go to, he's had to go a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further, both mentally and and physically, literally, on the roads and highways and byways of the UK. And not only has he done that and overcome that mental challenge, he's done it while representing. He's had some bangers as well. Uh, I saw him wrestle a, a hardcore triple threat match with Keegan and Sassy Bear Clarence at WAW Pride. So I want to give Jason Joshua a shout out. Um, Adam Bolt, I think, has had a tremendous year. Someone I've done a lot of work with, but someone who two years ago would never have imagined being able to to be on this list um, and not only is on this list now, but main evented uh, pride in Norwich uh, and has just done an extraordinary job in terms of talking about mental health as well. And and I want to give a mention to Harley Hudson too, who, who really, if you were looking at the UK wrestler who has smashed the scene, you could easily say Harley Hudson has got to be in that conversation. Impact wrestling debut, winning the gut check tournament as well. Just, just Effie's winning the rainbow rumble as well. What a moment with Paro with that final elimination, uh, just wonderful talent all the way around. And I like that, that on this list, there's so, so many great UK stars and that's without even talking about Soraya's world title win at all in, you know, that was, I was there in the crowd, 82,000. Maybe we don't talk about numbers for all in. Cause I think there's some dispute over what, it wasn't what it wasn't but when we will rock you played and Soraya and the whole Knight family walked out I have to tell you as a Brit wrestling fan that was your British Bulldog at SummerSlam in 92 moment for a whole new generation so though those folks in particular have had stellar years no I I, I definitely agree with you on, on with especially with Shay with, excuse me with Shay I, I don't know why I always default to wanting to go the other way and what I know is the right way to pronounce it. Um, with Shay and and Jason, like both of them, and Harley too, like the, those three, really, really amazed me. And I think part of what has kind of aided that that growth of you know UK entries on this list is events like the Big K Brunch 
UK. You know, when we talked about that show on uh, on a past podcast, like, you know, I mentioned like I have so many new names now to add to my evaluation list that I wasn't aware of, and I wouldn't have had that without that event. You know, um, and it's just amazing to see how many people because because of that now I have made like their de- their debuts on this list, their first time there. People like Chantel Jordan, you know, people like Sapphire Reed, like that have been have had stellar years over over there that are just really starting to get their due. It's also the allyship as well. Um that you see promotions wanting to get involved. We, we, we've all, I suspect, heard in the past people say, oh, you know, we, we don't want this gay wrestler. We don't want that. We, there's not a market for it. There is a market for it now. And when I was at WAW Pride in Norwich, one of the great things was the WAW roster who weren't from the community, they wanted to be on this show. Mitchell Starr, who's also on the list, who I saw wrestle Tajiri a couple of weeks back at the showgrounds in Norwich, and that was a great match did a great big Rocky Horror-style entrance. And you've got all these WAW wrestlers who are saying, yeah, sure, I'll throw on the gold hot pants. I'll be part of your entrance. I I, I want to I do this. And and that, for me, just makes my heart sing. It's just beautiful to see that allyship as well. Lo, I will go to you now. Who stood out to you? I had to dip out for a minute, as I'm sure you saw. So I'm like, okay, what stretch of numbers are we on right now? <laughs> oh, just the general list. Like who from who from like the the list really? Stood oh, out the whole you? entire list. Oh, geez. Like, okay. So my favorite feud from this year. I will always toot my own horn here, and the the horns of many other people. Killian McMurphy versus Edith Surreal in a a battle that was really just about uh being an asshole and and fighting homophobia. You know, there was no like big belt on the line with uh with their feud. So seeing both of them showing up on the list, of course, was as per usual super super thrilling. Um, and yeah, like I'm I'm looking at a couple who have who have fallen a couple a couple numbers, but I never want to be the person to bring it up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I I can't help but notice like you 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 either fell or you rose in the double digits. You usually want to talk about someone going up, but um yeah, no, just to to back up what what everybody else is saying about the fact that I think we've moved past this era of just talking about representation and being queer has been has been normalized on the indie circuit totally and completely, right? I, I am I am surprised now to go to shows and not see queer talent on that roster. It it doesn't really happen anymore unless you're a shindy that nobody's going to see in the first place. So uh we've we have won we've won the indie battle i actually feel very comfortable saying that uh there's not a lot of w's we can take in this community and i i know that in the interest of being a good critic you don't always want to take those w's but i'll 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 take it um you know it's it's the it's still the big leagues that we still got to keep on putting pressure on but i think as a as a community we're in good shape no, I definitely would would agree with you on on that for sure. And I think one thing that really surprised me, even like in putting this together, was like how many people from like some of the larger companies that ranked higher than they have in the past this year, right? Like 
people like mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler, people like, you know, Indy Hartwell debuting as high as she has on, on this list. Um, you know, and, and that sort of thing, like Tony, you know, moving up, Bowen's moving up. Um, even people like, you know, Abaddon and, and Nyla, you know, continuing to be like key presences in the in like the top 50 in the top 75 or 100 respectfully, uh, respectively. So like it's really cool to see that some of the people at the bigger companies are starting to get a bit more there. Throw Piper Niven into that, too. Um, mm-hmm. it's, we just got to keep seeing it grow and continue to see these people like get those opportunities more, you know. And, and I think what's interesting is some of these bigger names are going to fall down the list as years go on. And, and that's OK. I mean, that's the way it is in in any sporting environment. You have the ones that blaze the trails and then they drop down and others come up. So it's all right that maybe a Fred Rosser isn't as high as perhaps had previously been or that a Priscilla as they enter their 21st, 22nd, 23rd year are going to be dropping down because while they might not be making this list in as high a position as maybe they had done in the past, look at who's coming through to, to fill their, their shoes, to, to take it to the next level. And that is just amazing that we can go, okay, those, those generation that inspired me when I was growing up, they've done their time and look who's coming behind them. Oh, you have, you have something. Yeah. I also wanted to, because of the fact that, uh, Jack was so specific about UK representation. I want to just really quickly say that I'm so excited to see the expansion of talent from the West Coast, where I live in the United States. You know, we see people who are making big moves, big strides. Uh, Abigail Warren, I love. Papa Yase, incredible. Honest John and Gypsy Mac, j- both of whom were on the recent uh, Pride of the Desert tournament that I put out, incredible talents who are younger, have the best years of their career easily ahead of them. And in relation to what um, Jack said is we will see people who are taking the places of more current stars, more of these bigger names, because they are the ones who now ideally will be receiving bigger opportunities as their careers advance because of the pioneering individuals who who right now have the name recognition but maybe never achieved at the greatest levels in the bigger companies but now they have set the precedent that is going to allow generations behind them to exceed at levels they would never have even a few years ago no, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And like continuing to speak on like these sort of like subsets, whether regionally or style wise within pro wrestling that are getting more recognition. Like I love the fact that we have more out people in deathmatch now as a big deathmatch fan for my, personally, like people like Remington Roar and, you know, Satu Jin, like continuing to get recognized on, on, on this list. Um, I'll I'll also like rep for my Pacific Northwest people, you know, Zeb Saint One, Jaden, Amira, like just amazing talents coming out of this region as well. And then, you know, we you know, obviously there's a lot to focus on with the UK having so many entries on the list, but like one of the main reasons, one of the things I wanted to tackle with this list, and I talk about it every year, is like the global presence of our community within the pro wrestling world. Like on the list itself, like we have a number of talents from Britain, we have a number of, uh, we have talents from Spain, we have talents from the Philippines, 
talents from um uh from Singapore, like we have talents from um Canada, Mexico, uh Brazil, uh Chile, you know, all over over the place. And that's not even counting the people that I evaluated that were from other nations as well, you know, people from France and Italy and Finland and Denmark and um uh, well I forgot to mention Japan, obviously with Vinny, they're Japan. Um and, and that sort of thing. Like it's just amazing to see like the continued growth that we're seeing um globally in terms of that representation as well. And I don't know, like I it's just it's beautiful. Um and I love that it's giving me more places to to watch for people to continue to grow as well. Um yeah, it's just I don't even know how to end that sentence. It's just it's just great. <laughs> Speaking of global growth, you know, somebody that was only mentioned in passing on this list is Laura Dominatrix coming out of yes Rico, and Laura made her debut in the United States at Pride of the Desert. And what is so phenomenal about her is she is one of the very few performers um, outside of Mexico Exoticos who wrestle. At, like kind of incomplete drag that you know that's not her identity but that is her character and again speaking as going back to what i was saying about max having to fight this stigma that their trainers told them that, that what they wanted to do would not work laura faced that while training in puerto rico and the puerto rican um, trainers that she was working with were like no you you absolutely cannot do this you it won't work we don't want that we won't work with you and Laura's response to that was not only to prove that the gimmick would work, but to actually start their own, you know, she started her own promotion down there to give queer individuals a space to work. And I think that that is so incredible. You know, the idea that we now are so empowered as a community to be like, okay, you don't want to work with me. I'm just going to make my own path. I'm going to make my own path. And Laura is doing that for an entire country in Puerto Rico. So that is incredible. I, I th see big things ahead for her too. She's charismatic, she's talented, she's extremely driven. Um, I also want to just, I was remiss in not pointing out the growth on this, this ranking system of Anton Voorhees. Anton is somebody who's jumped up into the top 40 of this ranking. Somebody who has been a longtime favorite here in the West Coast with Hood Slam. It's it's a situation where when Brian, you and I were talking uh, a while back about the, the relationship between AC Mack and Ashton Starr, how it's like you're kind of always in your best friend's shadow. If you're, you know, if your best friend is AC Mack and he's ranked number one and he's the, the world champion and you're his best friend, you're always going to sort of be in that shadow. This is the case for Anton Voorhees. You know, he is Dark Sheik's best friend. They've been tag team partners for years and when Sheik is shining so brightly, uh, he's gotten a bit of a Jan Brady situation where it's always about Sheiky, Sheiky, Sheiky. And Anton now is coming into his own. And I love to see that for him. Definitely agree with you on that. Like Anton, I think is getting a lot more eyes on him now. You know, I know he wrestled just eyes on, on that show. ass. Eyes on that well, ass. I mean, you can't miss it. You can't miss it, honestly. But uh, second best ass in Hood Slam. Um, but, uh, but I know he wrestled a, a DOA show up here in Portland, like near me with, with, and turned in a match with, with Jaden. That was just off the charts. Amazing. 
and, and of course that doesn't even mention the Cascadia show that we did up in Washington with him and Parm. That that match was outstanding too. Like Anton is a talent that definitely deserves more more attention. And I think the first person who would say that is Dark Cheek, honestly. Cheek would absolutely agree. I mean, yeah. it's not a competition between the two of them. It's an unfortunate situation where when you're a longtime tag team partner of somebody, I think it's ingrained in us to figure out who is the Marty and who is the Sean. And in this situation, there is no Marty Janetti. You know, both of them are incredible and so unique. Uh, Anton, Anton is somebody who time and I'm very fortunate to, to manage him at Underground Wrestling Alliance as part of the agenda. And every time he turns out a match, it feels like, why is every Anton match the best Anton match? And it is something that I think that he falls short. His his shortcoming is that he's actually a super humble person. He's not going to be the one who's tooting his own horn, despite having all the talent, all the skills, and all the reasons where he should actually be tooting his own horn. And I'm very excited to see people like you, people who are, you know, your audience beginning to recognize the incredible talents of Anton Voorhees. To that end, I, let's talk a little bit about some the debuts on this list, because like, obviously, every year there are so many people that, you know, come out or make themselves more publicly open in a way. Um, and this year was a, a, another one where there were just a ton, a ton of people. Um, and it made for some pretty high ranking debuts. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I knew that Sawyer Wreck and Akira were going to be pretty high up. I did not know they were going to be as high as they were, you know, with Sawyer Wreck debuting at 13, Akira at 14, a number of UK talents that we talked about already that, that made their debuts here just because of like, you know, the knowledge of them kind of finally getting to me and, and finally seeing like them, for, for who they are and what they can do in the ring is amazing to see. And then, you know, people that, that uh, I think deserve to have a spotlight shined on them for, for having as good years as they have, while also like being out, you know, people like Irving West, people like, um, like Ron Bass Jr. Like I cannot tell you, like, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the thread that uh, Sigrid, uh, a trans wrestler out in Tennessee, posted about Ron Bass Jr., but it is just like, it moved me to tears, like talking about the impact that seeing Ron Bass Jr. at a TWE show in Chattanooga had on her and her dreams of being actually, actually being able to step foot into the ring and feel like it was a, a pathway that she could take. Like, it's just amazing to, to see all these people who are, getting their first spots on the list that are already having that sort of impact on people. I don't know if there was anybody that stood out to anyone in terms of like debuts on the, on the list as well. Like I, I I'll go to low first on this one. Was there anybody that, that stood out to you? Um, I'm going to be honest in terms of specific names. I do not know exactly who debuted this year other than, mm. uh, well, the creeps, the creeps debuted because they were not on last year. Uh, well, Andy was, but- but Irv wasn't. Andy, yes, and Irv was <laughs> was was not yet. So you know, oh, writing writing a historic wrong. Um, <laughs> no, but in in talking about the effect that 
wanting to debut on this list has and debuting on this list, being able to show that that queerness is something that is, uh, for lack of a better word, lucrative in this industry. Um, I'm going to raise, I think, a small alarm bell, no pun intended, uh, for something that I think is going to be an issue. Because you just talked about, a tw or I'm assuming, a, a ex -formerly, formerly known as Twitter thread about the impact that this one wrestler had on this person. Um, having lost social media and having a, a central spot for social media, I think is going to be really tricky for our community because nobody can tell a story, I think, the same way that the queer community is able to, right? And we have, I, I think back to five years ago, the way that I, I can't say I discovered Billy Dixon, obviously, he discovered himself, but my first exposure to Billy Dixon was a Twitter fight between him and Effie, and it looked convincing. And I, I talk, I cite that moment again and again as something that really sucked me into both of their characters. Uh, we don't we don't have Twitter in the same way that we did as a central focal point to have conflict that you can disseminate to a very large audience, right? Um, and yeah, it, it, it's I, it might sound like a, a really kind of a, a silly thing to be concerned about um, because we are a resilient community and we will see our way through. But I, I, I am very curious to see what effect a dwindling presence online has on queer wrestling. Because, yeah, we, we just don't have, we don't have Twitter as a tool. Twitter was very important. I think we made a lot of mistakes in putting all of our eggs in, in one basket on that front. Um, and I commend wrestlers who are going to other platforms to try to foster the same sense of community there. Um, but on the bright side, my mental health is so much better now that I'm not on Twitter anymore. <laughs> I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> I'm glad it's gone. Like, I think in the long run, it's, it's, better for everyone that we're not all as obsessed as we used to be with it um yeah. but yeah i was thinking when i was going through when you, you sent me the qwi last night or the night before and i was going through the list and there were so many names where i was just like shit i feel so much more out of the loop than i used to be um because i don't have social media as such an immediate tool to figure out who everybody is and where they're coming from and who they know and who they're in a conflict with so no, all valid points, and like having that lack of a of a central like hub for everybody to come to is obviously going to have some impact. Hopefully, you know we'll see it play out over the next few years and see how that plays, how it does play out, and where that that impact finally lands. But but yeah, like I think discoverability is going to be a huge thing that is going to evolve going forward here. Um, Jack, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. Yeah, I agree entirely with what Lo was saying and Poyo was saying earlier about, you know, people who have said, if this promotion isn't going to give me the opportunity, I'm going to go and make the opportunity myself. If, as Lo so rightly said, you remove those tools, it becomes harder for the community to do it. And and as Lo says, we are resilient, we'll find a way, but will the decision makers in other industries follow us to where we go. And I, I think that is really interesting um, because social media has been such an amazing way, not only to promote your brand, but for inclusive shows to promote themselves and to stream and to put things on Twitch or whatever it may be. So I think that's a really interesting point, actually one I'd not thought of, but I certainly will be going forward. I, I mean, 
the youth of some of the people on this list. If you ever wondered whether the QWI was in good hands and wrestling in general for the LGBTQ plus community, you look at someone like Zizi, who um, I, I spoke to earlier this year in the summer, went up to House of Pain in Nottingham in the UK, and she essentially said publicly for the first time she was part of the community. And then you look and she's main eventing shows with Ali Catch and becoming Elevation Wrestling, House of Pain Women's Champion as well, wrestling for TNT. So Zizi is going to be one of those people who who will go from strength to strength and can do whatever she wants to do. And so soft-spoken and such a sweetheart. And then you put her in the ring and just extraordinary. Riley, the MBF, defeated, uh, wrestled PJ Knight at WAW Pride in the opener. Absolute banger. That was great. And I know I've mentioned as well, Adam Bolt is someone who has had an amazing 2023 uh, not being on the list, debuts at 162, looking to make 2024 his year. I, I just think there's so much up-and-coming talent in so many different ways and who are all doing things their way. It's very hard to look at any of the 200 names on this list and say X is a knockoff of Y, you know, A is derivative of B. They, they've all got their own individual selling point, which is so exciting. We will not be pigeonholed as a community anymore. No, completely agree. I love that the continued evolution of that. You know, we keep seeing more and more of these distinct, unique interpretations of character, unique interpretations of queerness, of identity that are being put out there. And and it's it just speaks to the imag the imaginative nature that we have as, as a community and how we see ourselves and, and how like breaking some of those like societal and cultural standards that have been in place for so long allows for so much more to proliferate and so much more expression to to be beholden um i'll move to pollo now um if you had any any additional thoughts very much like low it's hard for me at a glance to recognize who is or is not debuting on this particular 200 the thing that shocked me earlier in this conversation was that sawyer wreck debuted as high on this this particular ranking because i didn't well, i was unaware that sawyer was not previously ranked so that was something and when i looked through the list honestly sawyer records had such an incredible year i could have seen an argument even for a top 10 debut for this year because the quality of matches the, the quantity of matches and the profile of the matches certainly would support it you know I, I that was something that completely took me off guard when you said that this was her first year on on the charts so in addition to that something that isn't related to that question but that jack pointed out you know the kind of diversity that we're seeing i think is something that is both wonderful as a queer viewer because you can find a person who resonates with you because everybody is so different, it also presents an incredible challenge to people who are coming out as queer identifying. There, I think I mentioned this last time we had this conversation. There was a time when just being, you know, LGBTQ was your gimmick. You know what I mean? That that was the gimmick. Um, it is not that simple anymore. People are required to find out specific ways that make themselves stand out even within our community, the, the the shots at these big shows like a big gay brunch or any of these LGBT focused 
uh, LGBTQ plus focused shows requires that people truly have something that make them unique, make them stand out in the world. And they have to have the wrestling talent to back it up because we are in a, such a position as a community that it's um, it's just simply not enough to identify, right? You have to be able to, to bring something special to the table and to back it up in the ring because we now have choices ourselves. It's like, well, yes, we want to, to put a show together with 30 LGBTQ plus talents, but we have over 200 on this list alone that we can choose from to put on an incredible show. So if you are um, not inclined to be the absolute best you can be, if you are not bringing something special or unique, if you are not going to help us promote this event, if you are not going to put asses in a seat, just being queer is not going to get you on this show, period. I mean, and that is, is that's true, even expanding beyond the list. Like, you know, I, I mentioned the, the number of people I evaluate grows every year. Like there were nearly 550 people that I looked at to narrow down to 200. It, this is the toughest year to put this together because there were so many. I actually contemplated moving to 250 next year. I actually contemplated putting more on my plate because there were so many people that I that were like so close that I felt like still deserved that spot, but just weren't quite there for that for that 200 people like Laura Dominate. Absolutely, give like, yourself like a mental Tom breakdown in 24. Right, right, yeah. Cause yourself to have a complete <laughs> emotional and mental breakdown. <laughs> that way we can watch you. Actually, I think it would be more interesting, Brian, to bring us on to video uh -huh. while you're trying to to figure out like the 250. So we could watch you just short circuit like a fembot, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then just explode on screen. See, yeah, I'm, the, I'm. Go ahead. Oh, Lo. sorry, keep going, Brett. I, I'm the bad person over here who's like, no, 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 shrink it down to the top 100. Make the girls fight, okay? Make the girls fight next year. Cut the list. <laughs> I mean, that would be better for my mental health, but, um. Why is it that every time I'm on a podcast with Lo, I love Lo more? <laughs> because that's just like I'm a little evil. Why is I'm it? I'm a little evil. Yeah, you are. You are definitely evil. And that is such an attractant to me. I'm like, die on the battlefield for us, Brian. Do it. Make oh, everybody mad. I will take that to heart. Oh, don't worry. I, I know I make some people mad. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, and speak actually that's a good segue. Thank you, Lo, for that because like this is I was gonna move to this next before we like kind of wind down here. Like I as always, whenever we have these conversations around the QWI two hundred, I always open it up to the floor for any criticisms that might have been with the list, uh, or anything like that. So uh, let me have it. Let me what what are how about before anybody can criticize, how about you take us through your process just to revisit it for uh, for the folks at home? Yeah. So it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of watching matches. It's a lot of of research. It's a lot of um, like looking at you know stuff they've done out in the world, both wrestling and non wrestling, and that sort of thing. Um, and then that gets kind of compiled down into um, like I guess there's not like an algorithm or anything, you know, but like it it all kind of plays into the 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 process of where I feel like land you know and then that gets a bit more um 
like smoothed out as like I take a more like focused look on on the list and that sort of thing. Um, and usually like the hardest hardest ones to pick are going to be number one and number two hundred all the time. Like I would say, if, like I probably switched the like my number two hundred Gazi definitely worthy of being there. You know. Uh, a person who has been doing really fun things out in North Carolina, but there were probably like 10 other people that I was just like, and like these, they like could easily have been in that 200 spot. People like Jensen Ryan out in the UK, people like Tommy Purr in Las Vegas, people like Laura Dominatrix, you know, um, like even like Broken Doll Roxy, one of like, like the first like trans wrestler in the US, you know, who is still out there doing it now out in, in, in the mid Atlantic. You know, um, like that, that sort of, that's, I guess that's a, a decent explanation of the process. Like, it's hard to explain it. It's just mostly like, just like I evaluate everything that I can and then try and condense that down to, do I think they go here or here, you know? Why was I imagining a massive spreadsheet where there was like, algorithms put in where it's like okay if i enter <laughs> this person has had 70 matches this year it moves them automatically up but <laughs> it, it sounds just more like you're like sitting at home with a bottle of wine crying and be like i don't know what's going on for fine number 200 fine number 200 <laughs> so much power so much power power of the pen yes it, it's definitely a spreadsheet no algorithm you no, because I think we we think about PWI where it's like I feel like Kevin has to continuously explain what the process is, otherwise an angry mob's gonna show up at his door. Yeah. Um and even so with it, it the is very angry mob shows up. And even then, exactly. So it is just so gay and fitting that you're like, I have shapes and feelings, you know? <laughs> like that's that's what the community needs. I imagine if I was doing this with a group, it would be more so what, like what Kevin does with, with, with everyone there at PWI, for sure. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a nightmare. Don't do that to yourself. Hell no. <laughs> but don't you think if there's anyone out there who has a... I mean, firstly, maybe just because I'm the conciliatory Brit on this, we're talking about all the visibility that these 200-plus folks, uh, the ones who didn't quite make it and the 200 who did, get from this list. All credit to you, Brian, because this is a labor of love. And anyone who's moaning about not being on this list needs to take a moment to accept that someone has taken the time to put this together for them. So credit to you, because I don't think that will get said enough in all of this. People will take the list for granted. If you're out there and you don't think you're high enough or you're not on it at all, use that to light a fire under your ass. Make yourself undeniable. Make it so this time next year, myself and Lo and Poyo and Brian are sitting here going, well, my goodness, we had no choice but to have Person X on the list in the top 100, top 50, top 10. Use this as fuel because you're a fair individual, Brian. If, if if someone's so undeniable, they don't you don't have a choice but to whack them on there, then that's what you'll do. So anyone who's out there feeling a little down in the dumps about this or, or you know, it's making their skies a little bit darker, use it as fuel. That's That's what I would say. And, you know, ironically, we've already talked about that throughout that's been a running theme kind of throughout this podcast because starting at number one it's an individual who was told you cannot do this and became so undeniable that they're the number one lgbtq plus professional wrestler in the world right now 
So, yeah, you know, that is the thing. And as Lowe said, you know, give them a reason to fight. If you're not, if you don't make the, if somebody tells me that what I'm doing isn't enough, maybe I'm a very twisted person, but I absolutely take the mindset that, you know what? Um, I'm going to bust my ass to force you to acknowledge me. I am going to force you to acknowledge me. I, I mean, I am somebody, and I take this from a very personal perspective, that whole idea, when I made my sort of like entry into the world of professional wrestling uh, in the United States on like my local indies, I was not aware. There wasn't the movement that we have right now. And people were saying, you know, even in San Francisco, a drag queen in the world of professional wrestling is a little odd. And I said, well, I'm going to show you that this works much better than you would have ever thought. And eventually people were like, it was exactly what you said. I do believe that I've become undeniable. People like Max and Lara and um, Billy Dixon and Effie, you know, we're dark sheep. We're talking about people who, even though they're at the top of their game, there was a time not very long ago that who they were could have prevented them from doing what they are doing now. And they said, well, I'm not going to allow my identity to be the obstacle. My talent is undeniable. And you are going to eat your words because I'm going to succeed whether you give me the opportunity or not. Couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. <laughs> Um, Ambition is kind of important in this industry. Yeah, it, it definitely you, you can't is. rest on your laurels. And that's the thing. Like, if, if let me just say to any of the talent who aren't on this list, and I have worked with so many people who are on the list, and I'm sure because I know them that they won't even be content with where they're at. So, you know, the, this is the end of this calendar year for you. Like, you know, the 200 is like what you've done in the past. The, the moment you read your ranking is the first day that you can decide what you're going to be doing to put you higher on that ranking one year from now. I'm I'm somebody who's so game-oriented, like long-term oriented, that I think if you're ranked number 77 and you want to be number 57, get to work. If you are ranked number 37 and you want to be number 17, get to work. Today's the day that you can decide what the next year is going to look like for you. And if you do not have a strategy to get there, then the likelihood that you will pretty low. Yeah. I mean, the evaluation period starts December 1st, like, and it goes all the way through the end of the next November. Like that's just how, that's just how this works. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I am glad that the list has become a motivation for people as well like that's one of the things that really has stood out to me in this whole like for the past four years that i've been doing this um that it's it's taken on that sort of level of prominence is this like people want to get higher and people and that is impacting how they are like doing through their year and i i don't know what i thought this was going to be whenever i came up with the idea back in 2019 it was only 25 people but to see what it has evolved into in 2023 is just amazing. And it truly 
humbling for me personally. I think in five years from now, Brian, you will be doing a top 500 because I believe that there'll be a thousand people who are eligible to be on this. And I, I think that that speaks to the growth of what we're doing as a community. I think that's speaking to many of the things that Lowe has already said, that, that queer people are proving that we are marketable, that we have audiences, that we can integrate, that we can innovate, that we can exceed the expectations of us. And in fact, we can often exceed the expectations of our heterosexual peers because we have that extra drive because people have told us, whether it's society or individuals in our life, that we're not welcome and this is not something that we should be doing. And queer people love to love to prove people wrong. That they do. That they do. Well, y'all, I appreciate y'all coming on on the show to talk about the list with me today. Uh, any final thoughts from anyone before we wrap up here? It's just been a lot of fun. How how lucky are we that we get to sit here and talk about 200 amazing LGBTQ plus talent, knowing there could be another 100 more who could be in the mix, aren't what a time to be involved in the industry, however we are. I'm right there with you, Jack. <laughs> well, You're like dragging yourself over the finish line right now. You're like, yeah, I love having so many people. It's great. It's a golden era. I always say it is era. the best problem to have. And I am glad that I only have to take a month to where I have to stress myself out to the limit. It is, but hey, it's it's important and, and it is it is a motivator, like like everybody's been saying. And what a motivator it is. It's something positive, something good, something for the kids to aspire to. And though Lowe has rang the death knell on X, formerly Twitter, during the course of this recording, I actually went over and followed Jack so I can see better what's going to be going on in the UK. Uh, of course, it's obvious precursor to him having me on as a guest on his on his show so that I can garner new fans in the UK. And, <laughs> and I have been personally trying to cultivate a, a following on TikTok, which is Chinese spyware, but it's very popular. And, um, you know, since my credit score is already kind of sucky, if whatever information they steal from me, I'm not really worried. So I'm building my new following there, pointed on our fans, while still maintaining my presence on I guess X Twitter until it legitimately just goes belly up. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Until Elon tells another advertiser to go fuck themselves. Um, well, well, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. Well, y'all, thank you so much. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you online. I guess we'll start with with Jack and kind of go around the table. Uh, yeah, um, Poyo, come on the pod anytime. I'll reach out. We'll get you on. It'll be fantastic. See, you shot your shot and it was great. Um, Jack underscore Merley on the socials. And if you want to hear uh, wrestling related content, as well as other folks, the LGBT sport podcast on wherever you get your podcast from. Poyo? Yes. Um, on the the soon to be X Twitter, it is the Glamazon PDM. Pretty much on all other social media, it's Poyo Delmar fans. I do stream content on Twitch just as Pollo Del Mar, but I I hope I hope Lowe's wrong because I love Twitter. I don't like the changes that are happening there, but but Lowe has pointed out that it is the place where you can truly find 
out the most content relating to independent wrestling and and it's the easiest place for it so i hope it doesn't die um i loved i always love to be here with you brian so thank you for that of course brian i want to say one last thing yes i don't know yet the results of the qwi awards mm-hmm. but i i want to be amicable should i win for a third year in a row as the personality of the year can I not run in the future and we just name it the Pollo Del Mar Award? You know what? That is something to take into consideration. That is something to take into consideration for, for sure. I think you I think you have to die first, which is pretty depressing, you know? Like like a like a memorial. Please don't put that out there. There's a lot of people who would like very willingly probably try to take that up. Like I need that $50 scholarship, you know, like the whole thing right there. Well, we like to do things a bit differently. We're going to celebrate people while they're alive as opposed to waiting. We'll see. Lo, uh, I'll turn to you. Don't I don't know if you want people to me. find you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do not ask to find me anywhere on social media right now. I I ran away and I never looked back. No, um, I've got I, I've got a couple projects projects in the works out here in good old Evanston. Um, in my, my hiatus from twitter.com, I opened a bar. So that's all I care about right now. Um, and that's all I do. But within the year, please be on the lookout for all sorts of weird stuff happening in Chicagoland. Um, but nothing I can speak of yet. A little teaser, a little teaser for the end. We do love a little tease at the end. Thank you, all of you, for, for coming on the show. That is going to wrap up the QWI 200 for 2023. Onward to 2024, and we will see how this list takes shape one year's time. Uh, Thank you, all of you. My thanks once again to Jack, Lowe, and Poyo for coming on the show and sharing that conversation with me about this amazing work that um, I put a whole lot of energy into. Uh, and thank you to everyone on social media and, you know, people that have reached out to me about, like, the, the significance and, and the, the power that this list has engendered within them and sharing all of the love and admiration that is that has been directed towards me. Um, I don't really like to center myself in a lot of conversations, but just know that, like, all of those messages are... Um, extremely well received and extremely humbling. This this project every year is um, one of those things where I think I I put a whole ton of effort into, and every year it just makes me feel so loved by the community that I, that I cover and the community that you know basically allows me to do the job that I do. You know, I wouldn't have a list of 200 amazing out LGBTQ pro wrestlers without all of you doing what you do in the ring. And that goes for the rest, the whole kit and caboodle, the entire collection of people that we have out in the LGBTQ uh, world of pro wrestling right now. All nearly 550 of you. Um, I am looking forward to next year when I that number inevitably gets closer to 600 Ica, because I know it will. And I am excited for the challenge that it poses. I'm sure every year from here on out it's going to be tougher. Do not hold me to that 250 thing that I said in the podcast. 
I have not decided yet. And do not try to convince me one way or the other. I have to sit with this. I need to take some time for myself and think about that. Luckily, the holidays are coming up, and I'm going to get a little bit of a break there. So that'll be cool. Um, all that being said, thank you for tuning into this show. Uh, thank you for supporting LGBT in the Ring for four-plus years now. It's amazing uh, to see how long we've been doing this uh, and continuing to carry on like we always do. Come back next week. We're going to be doing the QWI Awards for 2023, as voted by you, the fans and listeners of LGBT in the Ring, the lovelies, if you will. Um, and, of course, before we get out of here, as always, if you want to support the show uh, monetarily, you can do so over at patreon.com slash LGBT, LGBT Ring Pod. Jesus, I forgot my own URL. <laughs> patreon.com slash lgbt ring pod again brain's a little fried at this point um you can go over there you can join the roster of lovelies at the three dollar tier you can just support at the one dollar tier or you can uh go ahead and go straight up to the five to the five dollar tier the bonus love tier and get free uh get not free at the five dollar tier you get monthly bonus shows <laughs> over on the patreon um you know, episodes of uh, the podcast that I do with my good friend Hollis, Required Reading, where we take film and wrestling and we put them in conversation with one another. Um, this month's episode is going to be going up later this week as well. It's going to be kind of a November-December bridge because of some uh, some life stuff getting in the way. We're not going to have another episode until uh, the new year in January. So, But this is a really fun one. Um it's gonna. It's really cool. We're talking about uh, the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan, alongside F for Fake, the Orson Welles classic proto video essay, uh, so to speak. Um, so it's gonna be a whole lot of fun over there. But of course, if you join the roster of lovelies, you also get a lovely shout out on this show every single episode. You can join the roster of lovelies alongside Val Capone, Alex E, and Jerry Legend. Amazing supporters from the very start of the Patreon. Absolutely love all, all three of you. If you want to be counted among that roster that gets shouted out every week, just go over and support us at patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Of course, I understand that that isn't feasible for everyone. So word of mouth is always amazing. Reviews on your podcast service of choice, always outstanding, always helps us out there. Um, and just continue listening. And honestly, like that's really at the end of the day, that's probably the biggest thing for me is just to see how many people continue to listen to this show and support the the work that that I put into to keeping the show going and and that sort of thing. And it's just lovely to see. And I can't thank all of y'all enough. So thank you. Uh, that's gonna do it for us this week. But uh, until next week, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. Same goes for monkeypox. And once again, congratulations to the QWI 200 number one wrestler for 2023, Max the Impaler. Bye. Coming from the top of the bridge, she made a deal with the demon so her lover commits. When the moon is 